Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast for DigitallyDownloaded.net. My name is Alan and I'm not dead. I'm back from the dead. I'm a skeleton no more. I've got one in me, but it's a good skeleton. Um, <laughs> with me this week, I have Matt, who is the editor and is also slowly... Hello, what's up? Hello. What's up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is good. It's good. <laughs> it's a really good intro, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's good having you back, Alan. It's really good having you yeah, back. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fall apart really soon. Um, we also have other Matt, just to make things really, really easy to us to understand. <laughs> Hello, Matt. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you, if, if it's easier, you can change my name to... You can become David. Yes, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be David. Okay, we still got Matt, and David, and Trent. Hello, Trent. <laughs> yes, I have a normal name. <laughs> yes, you don't have a name that starts with M, ends with at. Unlike that very unusual name that is David. Yes, it's the most unusual of names. <laughs> Alrighty, so we're gonna jump to some little newsy stuff for the week because let's do it anyway. Even though that like it's been a relatively quiet-ish week except for one big thing. Um, so importantly, I think everyone just really needs to know about this, but uh, Days Gone, the seminal action open world thing <laughs> has been delayed. And I think everyone just sort of wheezed out a consecutive just... <laughs> that's that's how I feel about that game. So that's been yeah, delayed. Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy about this. <laughs> that's genuinely, like, pleased. Which yeah, is... because the, the more it's delayed, the longer it'll be before I have to sit down and play it. So yeah. this makes me happy. I'm exactly. hoping... I'm hoping it transitions to delayed in, uh, to you know uh, indefinitely. Uh, uh, that's that's kind of my hope. Yeah, I was saying this in, that point. in the pre-show banter that um that it they realised probably that Last of Us Two had a trailer at like uh, E3 and they were like, oh no, oh dear, we need to run. That's well, that, that and basically every journalist that I know who has had had hands on time with it so far has said that it has potential and oh, so has potential. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> has, has potential is like the nicest way to say, nah, this game has no hope. Um, <laughs> so it's really positive. It's positive. A polite way of saying it has no potential whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right. So days gone is gone. Uh, <laughs> All right, Matt. Matt what, what, what's happening with you? Sean Bean. Sean oh. Bean. Yeah. yeah. Sean Bean. Back. back. I, I loved it. He's he, Sean Bean's been announced as uh, being in Hitman 2, which is what released in a couple of days now. And, um, yeah, it's basically a big parody of Sean Bean because, as everybody knows, Sean Bean does a lot of dying in his movies. And um, his role in this movie, in this game, sorry, is... Uh, the Undying is his is his name, and he is going to die, as we all know. So, yeah, it's it's Sean Bean being a parody of himself, and it's good fun. And I recommend looking at that trailer because if it didn't sell you on Hitman Two before, and I wasn't sold on Hitman Two before, uh, it'll change if you're a fan of good fun. Yeah, um, for sure. It's also it's like, great. Hitman One was very very good, but no one played it initially because it was episodic for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I have no problem with Hitman. I just, it wasn't on my radar. But yeah, hmm. I, I'm a big fan of Sean Bean. So his involvement in this game and him being a parody of himself. Him just, being yeah. a parody? <laughs> yes, him being a parody of himself was, uh, it, it was more than enough to get me interested. So yeah, I've got another game to look forward to now, yeah. which I wasn't really expecting. Yeah, looks good. 
Look up the trailer, everyone. Sick. And David. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, David. So actually, I've decided since David is such an unusual name, I'm changing my my, my name to Trent. Oh, okay, that makes the most I'll, sense. I'll be yeah. Trent now. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> went backwards. Um, but I the exciting news. Uh, two kind of related newses um, about Corpse Party, which I is a series of horror games that. I think they were, were originally made with RPG Maker or something similar to that. I think um, so. And it's one of the same like crew with like um, with uh, you made Niki and um, yeah, and what's the other one? Lisa the Painful. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, which and despite being made an RPG Maker, uh, ask anyone who's played them; they are terrifying games. Um, and the good news is that. A whole bunch more of them are coming out on PC in the next wee while. Um, just Exceed decided, hey, here are four more Corpse Party games to look forward to. Um, and on a related note to that, there's also rumours that um, as a result of ESRB ratings, which almost certainly means something is happening, um, of one of the games coming out on Switch. Oh, um, Corpse Party, Blood Drive. Blood Drive, the best one, I think. I like yeah, Blood. I think yeah, I really like Blood Drive. Probably the best, best, best known of them, I think, because it's been released on a lot of other consoles before now. But mm. Mm. yeah, they're, they're really great. Huge fan of Blood uh, of Corpse Party. Um, the writing in those games is just, you know, a plus plus stuff. <laughs> they they don't look like much, I guess. Um, Especially, you know, the in-game stuff because it is, like you said, they're they're based on uh, RPG Maker or they're made on a very low budget. In the case of Blood Drive, but uh, yeah, the writing is just so spot on to be absolutely creepy and disturbing and twisted and stuff. There, whoever came up with those games um, has a problem. But thank God for them. His name is Mister Party. <laughs> thank God for that guy because <laughs> yeah, don't want to don't want to hang out with him. He probably kill you 20 different ways but um he's got a sense of creativity that's mm. for sure yeah <laughs> yeah and actual trent <laughs> actual trent you've made, we've all made this so confusing for almost no reason <laughs> all right trent what's happening in the week with you in the week with me well piano easter piano easter not piano easter <laughs> that's a really bad way to say that <laughs> um Edit it out. Edit it out, Alan. <laughs> In post. The, the piano game, Piano Easter. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting better any, any better. Um, it's it's been announced. It's coming to the Switch. Every, anything on the Switch is always a plus. Um, you know, it's got your classical music. You know, your Bach, your Mozart. You know, your Trabowski, that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's all about classical, simple piano, and that's good. Yeah. It's a cool idea. I like it. Anything that gets people more into music is always good for me, in my opinion. <laughs> Especially, like, there's so many rhythm games on the Switch. Um, I guess finding a bit of a point of difference is <laughs> kind of hard now. Uh, the developers kind of need to do something different, and certainly focusing on classical music is a great idea. I'm a big fan of this idea. Mm. And with that, I think we'll go to some music that probably isn't going to be classical, because Matt's going to put in some nonsense <laughs> Miku Symphony because then we got classical Miku Miku Symphony I'll find something <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And welcome back from Making Music. We're going to talk a little bit now about the recent developments within Rockstar Games. Um, as we all probably are aware from the millions and millions of posters that are probably popping up around your city right now, um, Red Dead 2 is coming out. And that's pretty exciting for me, particularly. However, at the expense of workers doing supposedly hundreds of hours of work a week. <laughs> Which is just not okay. It's not okay at all. Um... Yeah, so if you didn't see this article, there was an um, interview with Dan Hauser, I believe, uh, yes. who basically was having a bit of a boast that his workers were doing 100-hour weeks. Um, and if you've ever worked at a job at all, ever, you would know that that would suck ass. <laughs> that would be one of the worst things ever. And this is apparently not that uncommon within the game industry as well. And there's literally no excuse for it. There's, there's nothing. The idea that you have to go in on a weekend and work as well for like 12 to 14 hours is just insane. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how can you do that? Why is there not a union? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The union thing. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, gotta get those horse balls, right? Um... Look, well, they are already right. That's been solved, dude. <laughs> you could, you got to get them right. That's a good couple of weeks of hundred hour, you know, weeks. Well, because right now there. they're they're working on um online now. <laughs> so yeah. um, they're gonna get the those thing... balls to be shrinking in dynamic <laughs> online environments. The thing is, of course, um, what what they're talking about really is crunch, and crunch mm. is a thing that is a big part of the games industry for the develop the developers, because like anything, you know, um, games are kind of project based thing. Uh, mm. 
you release one every couple of years or whatever the time frame is. And at the start, you don't have to do that much. Um, you know, things ramp up as the game gets closer to release. And in that last couple of months before release, everything's a mad dash to try and make sure that it's as good as possible and as refined as possible and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, people find that they have to do overtime and work hard and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, like any industry, any professional job, any job really worth doing, there are times where you have to do extra work. <laughs> I mean, that's just a thing. Um, you have a project that needs to get done. So yes, you do find yourself working late or whatever. The problem with the games industry is it happens over such long periods of time. Uh, these crunch periods go for you know, months at times and people don't see their families. People get very sick because they have to, you know, it's week after week after week after week of, you know, working from six in the morning to eight at the night, eight at night, nine at night, midnight, crashing at the, um, at, on the lounge at the office, all that kind of stuff is these kinds of horror stories are not that uncommon in the games industry, especially in the AAA space. And I think, I think we all kind of assumed that Rockstar had that issue as well. Um, I don't think there's had... a single company out there that's not vocal about this and is doing crunch. <laughs> yeah, uh, the problem with Rockstar is they seem to it seems to be part of the company culture to be proud of this, which is yeah, that's not cool at all. Um, yeah, you, you shouldn't should be proud. Claim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be proud that you work for 100 hours a week. That's that's not cool. Um, not only is it bad for your health, for your family, um, for everything, but it's also bad for the creativity of the games themselves. I mean, if you're spending 100 hours working on a game a week, what else are you actually doing to you know, kind of develop your sense of creativity? You're not going to be out there watching movies. You're not going to be reading books. You're not going to be going to galleries or museums or whatever. You're going to be stuck in an office in front of a screen looking at code, and that's not good for any creative industry. You know, Artists need to be engaged with art, not just... You know, working hard to kind of produce it so yeah i don't see any benefits to anybody that these people are working for so many hours yeah. especially when the end result yes red dead redemption 2 is going to be a good game and i know you're looking forward to it alan and stuff yeah. but um yeah i i just don't see how it can possibly be as good as as good as it could be creatively speaking because the developers have been kind of you know shoved in front of computers for so long um i think my my biggest issue with this is that rockstar made the most profitable entertainment thing ever they have the money to just hire more people and work on it in like a reasonable setting they well the thing is well, the thing is that I, i'm pretty sure they're properly resourced i'm sure their team is properly resourced for the project the problem is if you add more people on top of that you actually create more work for everybody um with the way that games are developed because uh you know one person's doing one thing another person's doing another thing at some point you have to bring them together and if there are more people creating more things um bringing them together becomes more and more difficult so i'm sure that it's properly resourced um it's terribly managed i think the, probably the timeframes for creating the game have been long enough. So I just think Rockstar got so invested in, in absolutely petty crap um, that was absolutely unnecessary that the the game itself just blew out of proportion. Like, you don't need horse balls in the horse a video game. That right either, according to the previews. <laughs> you just don't need that stuff. It's like... 
there's just no ex reason for it. There's other other than this idea that you need to be as realistic as possible. But no game needs to be that realistic, and any game that tries to be that realistic is just going to put a date stamp on itself because it's just going to be outdone by the next thing that comes along that's more realistic. It's just it's pointless. Mm. I think there's another problem which is alongside you know de development studios and that sort of thing crunching you know, down really hard is, you know, gamers just want games, you know, you know, just screw the developers. Like, you know, they don't care, you know, that there's poorly managed, you know, hundred hour days. They're like, yes, as long as in the end we get our game, you know, who cares what they're doing? Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's something that really pisses me off as well, because if, and we all know it's going to happen, if this game, if Red Dead Redemption gets a Metacritic of like 95, if the user ratings are like five out of fives from everybody, if the game sells 10 million, 10 million units on its release day, everybody's just going to be like, oh, well, we just need 100-hour weeks to make that happen for us as well. It's just going to incentivize game developers, especially at that AAA space, to make their you know teams work even harder, and that's, that's not cool. Um, there should be some kind of accountability and some kind of uh, mechanism in the games industry to to point out to Rockstar that, hey, this isn't cool. Um, and I know it's just me speaking. I'm certainly not, I mean, I wasn't the most interested person in the game beforehand, but I'm going to actually, you know, actively not uh, avoid playing it, um, supporting Rockstar for it. I'm not going to review it um, because I don't think that that should be supported. Mm. Well, fair enough. I'm like, not I, saying that you yeah. can't, Alan. I'm just saying. No, it's, no, it's... I, I don't disagree with you. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I also just really want to play the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think consumers should have to worry about that stuff as much. Um, but I, I think the critical body of the industry, the the journalists and all that, should there should be some mechanism for us to say this ain't cool. I don't think um, I don't think Rockstar deserves a, a 95 Metacritic for this. Mm. Uh, with having played it, but I, I still don't think they do because that would be rewarding this kind of approach to to making games, which I don't think is right. Yeah, well, that's absolutely fair. Like, I, I feel like this is a very safe topic to talk about because the idea <laughs> of like, when like, no, there's no one out there who's gonna be like, yeah, crunch, and people who are like, yeah, crunch, are just wrong. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you're, you're just straight out wrong. And I'll fight you. Come to <laughs> Melbourne. Do it. Do a backflip too. <laughs> yeah, so Red Dead. Red Dead's coming out soon. That's be good. <laughs> yeah, Red Dead's coming out soon. You can get it from your good your, your local game shop for ninety nine ninety five or whatever it is. No, no, like thank you. Can steal it. <laughs> we want Amazon right now. Ooh. It's apparently like sixty dollars at JB, which is this is not sponsored by JB, but JB, please. <laughs> JB, help me. JB is pretty cheap. Uh, but it's, uh, if, you don't want to, if you just want it delivered to your door and you have Prime, just get it on Amazon 62 and it's done. But yeah, buy it from, uh, but, from Amazon so you can like compound the effect. Yeah, <laughs> compound the crunch. <laughs> just add uh, it up. Worth, worth mentioning, if you do buy it by retail, you can look forward to a patch, which is like 80 gigabyte or something. Um, yep day one so uh if you are going to buy red dead um you might want to consider the download version because you can preload it now and but it's I also know. 150 gigs if you download it yeah 
Yes, but at least you don't have to wait for an 80 gigabyte patch on day one. You can preload it now, I believe. It kind of doesn't frustrate me as much as it should anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what, 80 gigabyte patches? Yeah, it's kind of just like, eh. That's done in, what, like half an hour? No. <laughs> I, I just I just wonder oh. if <laughs> half an hour for 80 gigabyte, that's, you've got some good internet connection there, Trent. That's like the um, best internet in Australia. <laughs> I, I I just wonder if I, if the patch is eighty gigabytes is like the base game really no, the just not even the horse Maybe it's Maybe that's all that's on the disc. It's just the horse balls is on. That that's it. They just and bounce the rest up and down while you watch it load. <laughs> Apparently, the <laughs> the retail version was on two discs. That's sick. That makes me think of like Final Fantasy VII and eight. <laughs> it's like a, a PS4 game that they couldn't fit on one disc. What a freaking Blu-ray. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> focusing on the PS4 version. Does that mean the Xbox One is on one disc, or is it like? It's gonna be on like no, seven discs. It'll be. It'll be, be. Yeah, twenty twenty-two discs because Xbox discs suck. On that note, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's play the Xbox theme music. Xbox discs suck. Uh, let's let's play some. I guess, yeah. Um, I really yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I don't like. It. Yeah. I'm sure Alan will find some music. Um, I mean, I'm good. stuff. Do I mean, we probably we probably shouldn't since I just took a stand against you know supporting Reddit. But anyway, we'll do it. Hundred hours, sure. There's like um, good music again. Yes, there is. Now nah, they forgot the music. It's not the world game. Better do music. All right, Red Dead One music. Here we go.
And just like that, the sands of time, the soul still burns. That was terrible. That was atrocious. Like, that wasn't even worth trying. Like, I realized about halfway through that 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 was not good. Anyway, Soul (laughs) Calibur. (laughs) So, Soul Calibur 6 is coming out last week for you if you're listening to this. Oh, my God. Um, And the general consensus so far has been that it is a good game. Which is good, because after 5, I was not convinced they could make a good game. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, you've been playing it, haven't you? We both have. Two Matts. All yeah, of us. All Matts, what, all Matts on this podcast have been playing Soul Calibur a, a, a lot. Um, yeah. let's, two let's Matts, let... two swords, two souls. Oh, that's worse than mine. <laughs> that's, yeah, this is going to really bad places, but... Um, You're welcome. Yeah. The Matt still burns. <laughs> the Matt still burns. Yeah, yeah, Matt, what did you think of it? It's good. That's good. It's a good game. It's, <laughs> it sure is a video game. Yeah. Um, how how cool is Geralt? Because that's literally the reason that I want to buy this game. He's I actually actually, good. I have paid zero attention to Geralt so far. But I okay, call him so Ger- They call Ger- him Gerald? <laughs> yeah, he's Gerald. <laughs> I mean, um, it kind of is. But he's good. He's actually quite... Yeah, I, I'm impressed how well he fits into it. I mean, they've always done a pretty good job of fitting weird characters into oh, the game. I mean, Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yoda maybe not, um, but Link was pretty good. Effort. I remember Ezio being pretty cool in five. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Ezio in five, I don't. Mm, five existed, but wow. but yeah, Gerald. I thought, Gerald I thought they just in, got their numbering confused. Yeah, Gerald fits in the group pretty well. Um, also, his stage is pretty neat. It does fit in. It's Kevin, which yeah, 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 like, yeah. The fact that I know this just because I've watched like seven <laughs> different videos of the same thing over and over again. But it's, yeah, it, it actually doesn't feel out of place. Like, um, Fantastic. You, you could you can tell that it's you know an inclusion, uh, kind of a, a bit of fun that they're thrown in there. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's it's weird. It doesn't feel like it doesn't belong there. It's not like if they were to put Gerald in, say, Dead or Alive Six, that would be weird. <laughs> that would be really weird. But it's or, or, so good. If they were to put like Darth Vader or Yoda in. That would be weird. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was free. <laughs> Who was it? But, was it AI in three? I don't think I don't think three had any guest characters. I thought oh. it was three. Or was it four? No, that was four. Four oh. had the Star Wars ones, yeah. yeah. But yeah, oh. it's <laughs> what about what about Spawn in the Xbox version of two? Hey, Spawn was pretty good. I like that. He was shit. No, he was try. <laughs> I like that. I like his inclusion. I liked all of them because I also liked uh Hi Hatchie Hill from in the Sony one. I loved that Hey Hachi's weapon was his fist. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's only um, but Dead or, uh, Dead or Alive, but Soul Calibur Six. Um, yeah, it, it's really really impressive. It looks great, really really good. Um, even better than I kind of remember from the previous sessions and and whatever. The mm. character models are incredible. I can't believe this game doesn't have a photo mode. That's so weird. Oh, it'll come um, if it's anything it like better. Tech, it'll come. It better because it's just it, it it's just mind boggling that this game has great characters and um, great visuals and all that kind of stuff and it's actually impossible to really enjoy any of that. There's no replay. Uh, you can't save. There's matches. no replay at all. Yeah, there's it, there's no it, replay. Well, there for there's for online. For oh, for online, okay, online battles, but not. Oh yeah, but I don't bother with that crap. Um, 
I, I want to save replays of my matches okay. I, you know, so I can watch them with camera angles and so, you know, and take photos and stuff just like you could with Dead or Alive 5. And, you know, that's old tech now. So there's no reason that they, sh they couldn't have put that stuff in there. That annoys me, actually. Um, mm. But, yeah, the characters are good. I, I, I like Sung Mina. I was surprised by that. I thought I'd go in and just focus on Talon from the start, but... I don't know what they've done with the balancing or whatever. I just find Sung Mina a, a better character for me this time around. Is my boy Killick good? Yeah, he's okay. He's always good. Yeah, he's he's, he's fantastic. I like. But he's him. a he's like a dude and stuff. So. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. so Calibre. Everyone, it's just a dude and stuff. <laughs> that's yeah. It's. Um, I think probably the best Soul Calibre game. Soul Calibur game since two, which yeah, is, okay. Understandable. Is, 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 is I think still the high point of the series. Yeah, overall, but this is the the so, best one since so then. If someone like me, which has never played any after two, it would be a good starting point. Or not? well, that's me, Trent. Yes. I haven't played any after two really. Um, I might have played a little bit of some of the others vaguely, but yeah, the last one I played with any any commitment was two and. Um, yeah, I stepped right into this one. I had a great time. It is very accessible. Uh, even if you're not into fighting games, you can. This mm. this is a good one for your first fighting game. Uh, I How's think. the tutorial system? Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. Is it like Tekken? Um, it's built into the story mode, actually. Oh, uh, sick! That's really really cool. Good so on create your, Yeah, create your character. Go into the story mode. There's a full thing that walks you through how to play the game and all that kind of stuff. So, that's I, fantastic. I think yeah. There's, there's also a separate tutorial mode somewhere else if you don't want to do that. Mm. Um, it's one th thing I like about it is in the training mode, there are very detailed, not really tutorials, but almost like beginner's guides to each character. Yeah. And so you can go and read like some fairly brief but still detailed even though they're short and it's not like pages and pages of strategy guide it's like so it's not just final fantasy 13 again no Good. It's, it's 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 a couple of paragraphs that give you an idea of how to use that character effectively cool as well as a very detailed explanation of the different systems and the kind of universal what like way that the game works and how to actually play it and be good at it without just but even if you don't want to play with that stuff, just jumping in and, and bashing, bashing buttons away, you, you create cool stuff you know, straight away, basically. It's a very visually um, flashy game. It is. All the stuff and that, that I've seen. And that makes you feel good. Like, yeah. it, it, it's so easy. Like, you can even pull off a, you know, a special with just a single button press. Um, and that, yeah, that, that just kind of works as an encouragement to keep playing because you don't feel like you're struggling to to do interesting stuff and i think that's a a good thing for the game for new players even because who who yeah. kind of gets the game and uh who who gets into a fighting game especially if you're playing with a friend like you got somebody over they've not played too many fighting games before you say hey let's try one of these yeah, and then you body them um, and it's not fun <laughs> you're not gonna they're, they're not gonna sit through the tutorial are they you know you, you you're there to kind of you know play the versus mode um so the fact that they can play this one and create pretty interesting attacks and stuff straight away without having to bother with that tutorial is really good mm. and certainly helps it get ahead of, especially Tekken. I find Tekken is 
quite difficult oh, to introduce. Tekken is incomprehensible to jump into. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's Whereas so this one loves Tekken. Like, it's just not for humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to learn the Konami code just so you can, like, go left or something. Like, you know, just give me, like, simple plusins. You know, this one punches, this one punches, this one kicks. You know, this one makes him twirl around. And this one here, like, you know, makes him do, like, some sort of weird final smash. I know you're thinking of Yoshimitsu because you're talking about the twirl around and how it's the worst thing in any game ever. Hey, Yoshimitsu's pretty funny character. I hate that character. It's, <laughs> it's so dumb. He's pretty funny. I like him. Of course you... We cannot funny. agree on anything. I like Voldo too. Voldo's pretty funny. I weird. think everyone likes Voldo. It's... He loves Raymond. Everybody loves Voldo. He's <laughs> like spider skitters in. Damn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that sitcom now. I I'm, just, I'm I, making I, it. <laughs> I just really want to see everybody loves Voldo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's the other thing. <laughs> I lost it now. That's the other great thing that about Soul Calibur. The characters are so good, and immediately you can kind of pick ones that you like. Um, yes. Because again, it makes it very accessible. You don't have to spend an hour going through playing with every single character to figure out which one you even want to use. Um, straight away from that menu it's like oh yeah this character design is mine i like i like the weapon i'm going to use this character and bam you kind of got your favorite one so yeah it's, yeah it's well, that's, tuned around ability it's it got um really uh, well by modern standards a relatively small roster i, think I feel like that's yes, about, though, about 20 less, characters yeah i feel yeah. less overwhelmed by that yes and that's which, exactly which right yeah. i love about it it's not like Dragon Ball, whatever, where it's like, here are 600 Gokus, like, pick one. <laughs> They're not no, all no, Gokus. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to fight you on this as well. I'm going to fight everyone on this podcast. <laughs> you have to say something that I disagree with now so I can fight you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's uh, relatively small, which I think is good, and but well chosen. They're all great characters. And... Yeah. The balancing between them is really good, too. Yeah. There's no character that feels overwhelmingly strong. There's some matchups which are not, you know, great for one character or another because the way the weapon system works, reach versus versus speed and all that. But um, yeah, that nobody is going to go in feeling like their character is, you know, uh, useless and that they need to pick one character if they want to have any hope of kind of winning a match or whatever. There is no Dan Hibiki, except <laughs> except Astaroth. Anyone who picks Astaroth deserves to lose. Oh no, Astral players are essentially the scum of the earth. Like, there's no question. It's like, just yeah. play a real character like Nightmare. Just do it. Like, just <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If you're a big, like, dude, valuable big member of the yeah. <laughs> And yeah. if for some reason you don't like any of the actual characters, there is a very extensive character creator, mm, there which is is, yes. is is usual for Soul Calibur anyway. Yeah. But um, I think a new thing is you start by choosing. A race, and you have. Let me count them. Ten, uh, twelve, maybe twelve. Uh, Sixteen different. 16. yeah. Different race options, um, including mummy. You're just a parent. Yeah. No, 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 like, no, like, no, no, no. I know. I know. There's a skeleton race. There's a. A lizard man race. Can we all become the skeleton race? Like there are, there's angels and demons. There's from the Dan Brown book. 
Yes, exactly those. Um, <laughs> although they're both referred to as Lost Soul, but there's winged and horned versions. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that creator is pretty cool. I like that uh, as well. And you can customize, you, of course, all your characters as well. Yeah. You can, you, can put, you can put stickers on your character. Oh, great. I'm four years old again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't understand the point of that, but that's all right. <laughs> it's so, just, oh. just to, to, to help customize the look of them. You can... By, like, slapping some bumper stickers on their face. Yep. Yes, yep, exactly. which is exactly what I've just done as we're speaking. And my new character is a mummy who has a number five stuck to her face that's reasonable so yeah she's mummy number five <laughs> yes. <Lou> Baker. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm really gonna try and work on a parody of mummy number five <laughs> it's over my dudes all right we're gonna but, go to some music i think <laughs> yes just one other thing um just quickly before we go to music the other great thing about i think this one is that it hits all the right kind of notes between you know, fan servicey stuff and not fan servicey stuff. So I think just about everybody can enjoy this one regardless of what they're playing for. So yeah. Dead or Alive Six has got a big challenge ahead of it, actually, mm. I think. Um as much as I'm looking forward to that. Yep. So we're playing some soul caliber music. It's we are the yeah. soul still burns. Gerald's music
And we're back. And even better, we've actually found a topic to talk about that's going to keep Alan quiet. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Um, we're going to talk about visual novels uh, a little bit for this last section of the podcast because visual novels are good and stuff. And um, there's some interesting things happening with some visual novels at the moment that I think is worth highlighting. Um, mostly, I want to talk about The Midnight Sanctuary, which is a game that came out on Switch, what, about a month ago? Two or three weeks ago, thereabouts. Um, and, yeah, it is it is really, really, really different. Um, it's actually... It, it, it's a story about a Christian community in Japan um, made by Japanese developers, and it's vaguely horror-ish, I guess, but yeah, it, it's just a very different angle, I guess, looking at the, because everybody knows that you know, the Japanese religions are Buddhism and, and Shinto, and there isn't a huge community out there for Christianity or Islam or whatever. But um, there are communities and Christianity's had a long tradition in Japan. And it's actually a very different take on Christianity because for the longest time it was quite persecuted. So people had to worship in secret and they developed traditions and all kinds of things that are different to the rest of the world. And it's just interesting to have a game that is actually looking at that uh, topic because, yeah, it's just something that you don't see very often. And the game has this really weird surrealistic art style, which is quite gorgeous. And Alan would hate it because... There's absolutely no interactivity other than reading. What's the um, point? <laughs> but it's really good. It tells a really Just compelling a story. <laughs> it tells a really well. If it was a book, I would read it. But it tells a really compelling story. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I really, really, I'm like really it. angry. Just that I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but books are boring. There's no visual stimulus. It's like the whole point. The brain of is a novel. stimulus. <laughs> No, we're old and boring and we can't imagine things anymore. We need visual stimuli. To Did like... you just say books are boring, Trent? Because that is, that's going to be very upsetting to me. I'm not saying they're boring. I was saying you know, it's harder <laughs> to paint a picture than it used to be. Back in the uh, <laughs> no, I've got no problem with it. Uh, I know people have that debate about whether yeah, visual novels should be a thing. Um, I don't care. I, I just, if it's good, I'll play it. doesn't matter. <laughs> What the contents are like um but yeah i think that this one is is well worth looking into i know you've downloaded it. why haven't you played it yet matt because i have to play other games well that's not good enough i have to play silly nonsense like cell caliber <laughs> just don't bad, understand you people bad, bad games <laughs> like that um but I, I was thinking that one thing that would have helped a lot um, in terms of both being a good game and also the workload as if Red Dead Redemption 2 was a visual novel. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I, I, play, I play visual... <laughs> <laughs> But the thing is, I mean, people have this idea that if a visual novel is just, you know, walls and walls of text. Um, but they are approached differently because they use animation as well. This one, the Midnight Sanctuary, actually uses animation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not static like some other visual novels are. Um, so the words, the number of words, is relatively limited, I guess. Um, but yeah, it uses its visual style and 
various animation and all that kind of stuff to to help emphasize the story. I mean, we were talking about Corpse Party earlier, and Corpse Party are basically visual novels. Um, like we could even say the world ends with you as a visual novel because it's pretty much dialogue. Like no one really plays it for the RPG side. Well, that's what the thing. I mean, <laughs> Alan, Alan, Alan hates the visual novel, but I he hate likes Persona. It. And, and Persona are basically visual novels. They're like not. They have game. in them though. <laughs> well, that's the the uh, <laughs> the story bit of uh, Persona is very much a visual novel. Alan. I know, but it's actually good because there's other things that work with it. So I'm not just sitting there reading like a book on a screen. I could be reading a book in my hands. I don't know why I'm so angry about this. (laughs) (laughs) This sucks. So what you're saying, Alan, what you're saying is you're cool with visual novels as long as there's other stuff in them. Yeah, as long as it's it's not just, oh, you've got to have to read for 20 minutes and then, then that's all we've got. It's like you rock up to a candy shop and all they've got are those like Woolies, like like thin wafer biscuits that just taste like dust. It's like cool. You don't like wafer biscuits? No, I don't. I don't Alan, like I, I bet you don't even like um. What, what's the other one I really like? The um, the one with the chocolate on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm really happy I can derail this podcast like that. Like, almost no effort. <laughs> yeah, no. Visual novels suck. End of the podcast. Alan. <laughs> a visual novel about. Eating wafer biscuits would be. What no about thing. what about a visual novel, Alan? Where it's like half an hour of dialogue or whatever. Oh, it's a Fantasy Thirteen. And then uh, one kind of tactics RPG level or something. Yeah, that'd be was, sick. That's also Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. Like, it's a good game. Well, Final Fantasy Tactics is a shorter version. Imagine like the dialogue being like. Oh, I'd hate that. I would hate that so much. I would be very angry. <laughs> Oh, so I won't recommend Utawara Ramono to you then. I honestly can't even spell that game, so I can't even go to the shop right. and try and buy it. <laughs> to just stand there, like, looking at the box up, being like, how can I do this? I can't think of a game that is less Alan than that game. Utawara I mean, Ramono. But it's I good. think you're saying it's it with such casual, like, strong, like, pronunciation that angers me. If like, I walked into a TV and tried to ask for it, I'd be like, Alan would be like, or something. And then the guy would like look at me and then he'd be like, no, he'd, no he'd immediately know. <laughs> he knows. He's aware. I only I only worked out how to pronounce it because I wrote like a long review where I used the word like a dozen times. So. I feel like. Also, it's a Japanese word, so you could just ask your wife. Yes, that too. She helps me. <laughs> She helps me with pronouncing weird things like Utawara Romano. That's, um, yeah. I like to imagine that you're just sitting down, like looking at the box side and just repeating it over and over again, Matt. I actually did that. (laughs) Because I remember when we, when the game first came out, I don't think you're on the podcast. We actually did a podcast where we talked about that game. So I actually, yeah, I forced myself to learn how to say The lengths at which Matt will go to. Uh, I know, what I go through for, for our listeners of the podcast. But yeah, um, visual novels are good. Matt, <laughs> have you said, have you played any kind of interesting visual novels recently? Uh, I feel like I should say yes, but I haven't actually. No, nothing that comes to mind. It's been uh, a bit quiet for the, the good old BN. Yeah. I mean, with Steam opening up its gates to adult contents, we'll probably see a whole flood of those land on Steam. Oh, dear. Now Discord's going to be a gaming shop. What? Really? 
Yeah, your Discord's going to be selling your games. Oh, that's neat. And we all know all those all, all fans of those kind of adult visual novels are on Discord. So yeah, there's a lot of horny of those anime Discords, <laughs> <laughs> including the. Discord. You laugh, but there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those are those are good. Those are good. <laughs> you should like them, Alan, because a I'm lot of them have like. I'm a lot of them have like strategies bits in them too, or gameplay bits. Yeah, and the gameplay bits are probably like thirty thousand years apart from each other. No, have you? <laughs> there's, there's, there was this one called Ayusinki, which was pretty. good. Okay, so Matt, you've just lost me. <laughs> yeah, you'd like it, Alan, because it has lots of gameplay bits in it, and um, the the distance between the visual novel bits aren't so far. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm still not going to play it. You should. <laughs> this is right, Tom, what ends. about a visual novel which then turns into a puzzle game? Like oh, a Layton. jigsaw puzzle game. No, it's Professor Layton. <laughs> yeah. I'm very okay with that. I actually bought Professor Layton on my iPad. Well, came out just I then. mean, Ace, Ace Attorney is basically that. Yeah, and that game has fun gameplay. I don't mean like, puzzles, game. but like jigsaw puzzles. Like boring old people, like... Thousand piece jigsaws after like Trent, <laughs> first you first you have a go at books now you have a go at jigsaw puzzles what is wrong with you? It's I, a very aggressive podcast today. <laughs> jigsaw puzzles are great. No, even even that Nintendo Switch one. Japanese no, don't puzzles. even talk about that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what this game is, I found a game on the Nintendo Switch that was essentially just make let's make a jigsaw anime girls. It's not anime girls, it's anime actually girls. Japanese Oh, it's, it's actually called Japanese Women? Okay, I just saw the title and was like immediately eyes glazed over, like, nah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's photos of Japanese women in kimonos and whatever. No, it's dumb. It's real weird. <laughs> it, it is dumb, like, but it's like, because... Pictures, like, they're at Mount Fuji or something. I'd play a game like that. There is one. There, there is, it's There's... called a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, you can go to your local shop and buy one. There's a couple of jigsaw puzzle games on the Switch now. But the problem is they're all maximum 320 jigsaw pieces, which is... That's so casual. Not, not enough content. Enough. Not enough yeah. content. All right. Not yeah. hardcore enough. At least, uh, it needs at least a 1,000 jigsaw pieces. Otherwise, it's not worth doing. God damn. There, right. there was a shop I saw a while ago that was selling a jigsaw puzzle that was 22,000-something pieces. Yeah, see, that's good. <laughs> that's what all jigsaw puzzles should be. Anything less, it's just not worth doing. <laughs> On with, that note, and with that, we're, we're going to cut <laughs> it there. It's over. We're going to go to some some music and stuff to finish things off. But yes, uh, point being, the Midnight Sanctuary. I wanted to to shill for that game in the podcast. I have, Until. so I'm happy now. <laughs> um, very it's obvious. Well, it's well worth doing. And Alan, actually, you should play it. I'll tell you what. I'm I'll not... actually play. I'll play Sexy Brutale if you play Midnight Sexy Brutale. The issue I have with this is that I know you will like Sexy Brutale, and I know that I will not like this game. Why? I don't know. It's not what you <laughs> think. It is, it is not what you, not what you think. It's actually you. genuinely good game, like genuinely good storytelling, and it's not anime. I promise you it's not anime. If I find an anime in there, I will burn down everything that you want. It own. is not anime. It's actually um, it's actually published by Sony, the Unties. Um, <laughs> They're not known for anime at all. They've never published anime. <laughs> They've published they so many anime games. What? Sony Unties? Yeah. Unties? Haven't really? Haven't they? I'm pretty sure. No. Okay, They've done well, like two wrong. games, haven't they? Oh. Well, probably not then. Well, they did that. They did that shmup 
that um, the, the, the Toho, they, yeah, the Toho, I think, I don't think you can say that Toho is not anime. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'll give you that. All right. Well, Matt's going to choose the music for this because I don't know what the hell it's called. Uh, I'm going to pick something from, I don't know, Earth Defense Force. Yeah. I think because, oh, yes, I did want to quickly mention on the podcast, for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, um, Earth, the D3 publisher dropped an Earth Defense Force game on us all without actually telling anybody, literally. Uh, that does sound like an Earth Defense Force thing to do, though. <laughs> <laughs> this one's different because this is like a shmup. This is oh. a shooter rather than a, um, for, you know, third-person perspective shooter. This is like a really, really strange shmup, and it's really good, really, okay. really good. But, well, um, yeah, well, no, for they, they just didn't bother telling anyone. You can get it on PlayStation 4 and, I don't know, it's probably Xbox, but whatever. Um, uh, so, Earth Defense Force music. Let's go. I, think, I think it's just PS4 and PC. But, you know. to Grab it. It's really good. Our soldiers are prepared for any alien threats. The Navy launches ships, the Air Force sends their jets, and nothing can withstand our fixed bayonets. The EDFD boys. Our forces have now dwindled and we pull back to regroup. The enemy has multiplied and formed a massive group. We'd better beat these bugs before we're all turned to soup. The EDF deploys to take down giant insects who came from outer space. We now head underground for their path we must retrace and find their giant nest and crush the queen's carapace. The EDF deploys. The Air Force and the Navy were destroyed or cast about. Scouts, rangers, wing divers have almost been wiped out. Despite all this, the infantry will stubbornly hold out. The EDFD boys. Our friends were all killed yesterday, as were our families. Today we may not make it facing these atrocities. We'll never drop our banner despite our casualties. The EDFD boys. Two days ago, my brother died. Next day, my lover fell. Today, most everyone was killed. On that, we must not dwell. But we will never leave the field. We'll never say farewell. The EDFD boys. Stop that depressing crap. Then how about this song? A legendary hero soon will lead us to glory. Eight years ago, he sunk the mothership, says history. Tomorrow we will follow this brave soul 